Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today we got another Q&A. Awesome. So we are going to answer three or four questions here from the Facebook group on uh, Tailored Life Podcast form. Again, go ahead and add yourself from the link in the description below. We got a, quite a few people in there discussing different topics and asking a lot of good questions for the podcast. So yeah, that's the primary place we'll see them. All right, cool. We will start off. It is coming from Emily Warfred. Says I am a fitness nutritionist. I've worked with a lot of folks one on one. Many thanks to your podcast. I've been working with a lady, however, and I am stumped. She is forty eight. 280 pounds. She works out four to five days a week with strength training. She logs and tracks her food, and she is still doing all the work. We have been do- we have done baseline for four- our full four-week reset and dropped calories for five- four to five weeks. No change, n- nothing different on the scale. Uh, no measurement difference, photos, or nothing like that. She- she also did nutrition with another local nutritionist and has had no luck either. We are trying again, but am I, am I missing something? She should easily be able to let go of some pounds being overweight like she is, but she is holding on to it for dear life. Any suggestions on wh- what avenues to try? Yeah, these are always unfortunate situations because as the coach, you feel a lot of responsibility there, right? And it's it makes it tough to <clears throat> see that they're not – getting the results that you want them to get. But I think ultimately there's a few things here. Number one, I think a lot of coaches immediately go to like, um, oh, they're not losing weight because there must be some kind of hormonal thing going on or there must be some kind of issue. Nine times out of 10, that's really not the case. Um, and I know I might get some flack for, for that because there's a lot of people who only want to talk about hormones, but they're just, the reality is it's just not the case. I don't even care if your hormones are fucked up. Calorie deficit still works, period. Your calorie deficit might just be bigger, to be honest with you. Like, it's very, very, very rare to be in a situation, extremely rare to be in a situation where you would be in a deficit and not lose weight. Like, it's damn near impossible, right? Most of the time, it is impossible. The only thing that's stopping it is because you don't realize something is going on that's making the deficit need to be bigger than it would be because your your hormones have a huge effect on your metabolism and your maintenance caloric intake. So if you create a deficit off of a maintenance caloric intake that is created and assumed to be your maintenance without hormonal issues, then you got to know that if your body does have hormonal issues, then your maintenance calories is probably actually lower than what you calculated, which means you need a bigger deficit than what you're planning for, right? Yeah. Um, so it's very rarely that. Now... I would also say that, you know, there's, there's most of the time what's, what's going on is people just don't investigate deep enough. The coach isn't going far enough to really figure out what's going on with the individual. Even if that, even if that does mean if you do get blood work and there is some thyroid dysfunction, whatever, we've helped countless people with thyroid dysfunction, which is the most common hormonal issue you'll run into lose weight still. It just, again, when I have that information, I go, oh, okay. That doesn't mean that we can't lose weight. It just gives me some more information. Things might get a little complicated for a little bit, but here's a solution. Let's get it done. You know what I mean? So you do need to still investigate that kind of stuff, but you also need to kind of micromanage in a way. I see this all the time where people are like, well, like I gave her her calories and she's just not losing weight. 
And I'm like, okay, how absolutely fucking sure are you that she's hitting those calories? Well, she tells me she's hitting those calories. You're like, okay, so you have What's her validity? word, yeah. right? Like, I, I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I mean, I've actually had this conversation a couple times with Joe now because he's doing my nutrition. And it's like, um, I saw, like, he sees my calories for Saturday. And, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not true. He's like, what? And I'm like, well, I, tra- I was tracking, but then date night started and I stopped tracking. You know what I mean? But, like, most people don't admit that. Yeah. The difference is I'm, <laughs> I'm his boss. I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and I also know, too, that it's like, well, it's, I mean, I lose in that situation, not him. And yep. he knows that I'm not going to blame him as a coach, which a random person might blame you as a coach and then you feel bad. But I, I have enough awareness of what this job is, you know? So I'm just straight up with him. Like, yeah, like it's – Saturday's not good. You're never going to have an accurate track on Saturday. So we just got to kind of roll with the punches, see what happens, and adjust during the week to make sure that it's going to happen. I was uh, Like, I never go overboard, but I'm always going to – Spurge a little bit. My macro's going to be fucked up. I'm always going to have a few drinks. It's just part of my lifestyle. I'm not willing to sacrifice that to lose more fat, period. So a lot of people are that way too. They just don't have the discipline to admit it. Yeah, or the courage or I don't know. They, they, they're they afraid to admit that to their coach. You yeah. know what I mean? They might not have the discipline to get rid of that day, nor do I, or maybe I just don't have the desire. I think you have to have a certain level of desire to even build the discipline to do something, right? Absolutely. So those people don't have the desire to build that discipline, but they're afraid to tell their coach that. When in reality, the coach would be like, great, thank you for telling me that. It makes it way easier to adjust your week so that we can get through this plateau, knowing that you're doing that on the weekends. Um, but you have to ask the right questions. There's also plenty of times where, so it's not just like the weekends, right? There's plenty of times too where people are mistracking and they're, they're not actually, or like I, I've, I've known people that like were stuck and I'm like, finally I was like, what do you use to measure your food? And they're like, um, I eyeball it or it's tablespoons and cups and measuring cups and stuff like that. And I'm like, so you don't have a food scale? Like no. And I'm like, okay, get a food scale because or I'll get you one. Yeah. hundred percent. I've sent people Amazon shit all the time, but like a tablespoon of peanut butter, for example, a tablespoon of peanut butter is 16 grams on the scale, right? I've never scooped a tablespoon that was actually 16 grams. It's always 20 plus because it's just going over the top a little bit. Each, each tablespoon is actually different. They're not perfectly the same. And you have to have it fucking perfectly level with the perfect tablespoon to actually get 16 grams. So if I do that four meals a day and I'm just slightly over because I'm using shitty measuring tools or I'm eyeballing it and I'm just barely over and I'm just barely adding 50 to 100 calories extra here and there, by the end of the day, I'm extra 500 calories up which is a surplus or it's the entire deficit that you thought you created. You know what I mean? So a lot of times it's accuracy of measuring. Sometimes it's awareness of what you need to be tracking, right? So there's plenty of times where people are like, oh shit, I'm supposed to track my oil too. Like absolutely. Cook oil is full of fat and calories. So if you're not measuring it, you're probably overdoing on fats. And if you're not tracking it, we're completely having calories go in that we're not measuring. Fish oil, that's fat. Those are calories. Greens, reds, whey protein, pre-workout, all of them. They have calories. You know what I mean? So they add up condiments. Like ketchup's the one for me. If I don't measure my ketchup, pff, I'm getting plenty extra calories there. I love fucking ketchup. I like eggs with my ketchup. What about zero calorie ketchup? It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's not worth it. I'll do the sugar-free barbecue sauce. I actually really like that. Um, or like, you know, Baby Ray's, Sweet yeah. Baby Ray's. They have uh, a sugar-free barbecue sauce now. It's like really low calorie. Super fucking good. Um, but like re- sugar-free, uh, like I think J.G. Hughes or whatever, ketchup, bro. What the hell is J.G. Hughes? It's like, it's a guy. It's oh. his initials and then his last name. He makes barbecue sauce, sugar-free barbecue sauce stuff, and they're decent. 
The baby's raise is way better, but his ketchup and all other sugar-free ketchup is horrid. But Heinz makes a reduced sugar ketchup. Really good. Mm. But you still have some sugar and calories, right? But the point is, is people forget to track those things and they end up adding up. Um, so it's just, it's really like a lot of it is just, it's, it's honestly getting into the details and going, okay, walk me through your day. Like step by step, what are you eating? Like, okay, well, I start my morning with coffee. What do you put in the coffee? Creamer. Do you track your creamer? Well, yeah, kind of. I'm like, okay, well, how? Like, like, well, I added, I added my macros, but I don't measure. I just pour it in there. I'm like, okay, start measuring it. Or they're like, oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Right. Or they're, I've had people that are like, my, I put collagen in it. I'm like, okay, well, what's it, what kind of collagen is it? And sometimes it's like a creamer collagen. So it's not just collagen. There's actually creamer in it too. And even on top of that, a scoop of pure collagen has 70 calories as well, right? So we start going down the list of like, what do you do? Now I cook eggs. Okay, what do you cook it in? Olive oil. Do you track your olive oil? No? Okay, there you go. Add that to the list. You know what I mean? Like veggies. Okay, what kind of veggies? Sweet potatoes and, and mushrooms, peppers. Do you measure those? No. Okay, measure those. You know what I mean? Like we go down the list and there's all these little things that they end up... Um, or it's like even like, well, I make my breakfast and then I make my daughters and, you know, I, I like, I'm like, okay, do you ever nibble on that? I'm like, oh, well, sometimes she asked me to have a bite. And I'm like, okay, let's leave an extra couple hundred calories in your day just because we know we're going to nibble on bites throughout the day. And this is actually something I have to do now too because like he always wants me to try something. And I can, if I say no twice and she stops, I don't feel bad. But if I have to say no more than twice, I feel really guilty. So I always eat it. So like the other day she was like, she ate a Cheeto puff, one of those big-ass ones, and she was like, they're magic. I turned into Minnie. And I was like, oh, my God. She was like, here, you'll turn into Mickey. I was like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> and then she's like, Mom, you'll turn into Daisy. And Shan's like, okay. Ate it. And then she goes, Dad, turn into Donald. And I was like, all right. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to be the parent that says no after mom said yes. Yeah. So I ate a Cheeto. Big deal. But later on, it was goldfish. You know what I mean? And by the end of the day, I probably eat it. Maybe extra 100 calories. Not, not a big deal. But consider that, you know, and factor those things in. I'll even like, okay, I'll put in 250 grams of rice for my dinner, but then I only eat 200 because yeah. I know throughout the day I added a few yeah. things and that's an extra however many carbs to help make do. But all these little things add up. And if you're not asking your client questions, that's honestly most likely the issue that she's digging deep. With. Yeah. And I would also like if, if she's lifting four to five days a week, number one, change some of those lifting sessions to have metabolic work in them. So like if you're doing an hour of lifting, make it like 40 minutes of lifting, 20 minutes of conditioning, and then take the fifth lifting day and just make it a complete cardio day and increase steps. So yes, you should increase steps, but plain and simple, cardio burns more calories than strength training. It just does. So if you're doing a ton of strength training, that's great. And Say that's that gonna, again? Cal cardio burns more calories than strength training. There you go, yep. Right? Now, you're going to adapt to cardio quicker, so it's not long-lived, which is also why I don't recommend people consistently replace strength training with cardio. But in a situation like this, if you need to get caloric expenditure up, yeah, swap out some of it, especially if you're doing four or five days. If somebody only has four days to be in the gym, then I'm like, oh, let's go with neat and then just keep lifting and add a little bit of a metabolic finisher at the end of your sessions. That'll help. But in this situation, like you got five days in the gym, she's got plenty of time to do cardio. You know what I mean? So um, those are typically all my answers. Uh, get, get, more specific. You can get blood work and see if anything's up, but most likely there is some kind of inconsistency or in uh, lack of precision with her tracking or measuring that is going on that is causing the plateau to happen. And it's just up to you to adjust or, or sorry, investigate a little bit deeper to see what that thing actually is yeah. going on with her, you know? Um, and then last but not least too, like look at the type of food she's eating. Cause a lot of times people are hitting their macros, but they eat lunch out at their favorite salad bar every single day. 
nothing you order at salad bar is going to be accurate because you don't have your scale with you, nor should you, because it's ridiculous to bring a scale in public. Like you shouldn't do that. But if, if Steve behind the counter is making your salad for you and you ask him for one scoop of something, like who fucking knows how much that is, you know, um, it's not going to be accurate. Uh, so as for half a scoop, exactly. Well, <laughs> yes, but, and if you do that once a week, twice, whatever, but if you're doing it every day, they stop for lunch. Like now we're having a meal every day that is different every day because if Steve's today, but Rachel's scooping it tomorrow, like it's going to be different. You know what I mean? And so your salad's different every day. Your calories are guessing at best. Um, and if you're having a lot of packaged processed foods, that's an estimate too. So, um, sometimes you have to get more strict on the diet. This is where I'm like, Hey, be a little more rigid. Have more of like a meal plan structure where it's like whole foods, you prep it, you measure it, you do all those things and crack down a little bit. You're going to get better results, even yeah. if it's just temporary. Yeah. So. Totally. All right, cool. Let's uh, go on to the next question here. We got one from Kay Franklin. So I know that everybody wants, I know that everybody wants to know how to get rid of belly fat, but what is a practical way to go about it? I had a baby a year and a half ago and have been progressively overloading in the gym and have gone through multiple nutritional periodizations with maintenance and cuts since that time. All of that going on well and I feel stronger, but my midsection still looks like I had a baby over a year ago. Thoughts on how to address that? It's funny because I was literally just about to say it like on the last one, but then you started asking questions. I didn't say it, but it applies here too. Notice how I didn't say add cayenne pepper or drink green tea or take a fat burner or anything like that. Um, What's wrong with green tea? It's good if you like it. I think it tastes like shit. But, I mean, green tea is a – have you not heard about green tea being a fat burner? No. Oh, there you go. That's why. Green tea is really healthy for you. Yeah, Um, that's what I thought. Yeah, and the ECGC in it is good for you. But it's It's also – It's supposed to – it stimulates your metabolism. So they use it as a way to say, like, this helps you increase fat loss. You would have you have to drink so much green tea for it to like noticeably like it's stupid. Like you're carrying a gallon jug of water, just carry a gallon jug of fucking green tea every day. Yeah. I mean, if you like the if taste, you love it, love it. I can't stand it. I don't like tea, dude. I remember when I worked at Rite Aid and I was really trying to like lose weight and get in this shit. I dude, I literally would drink green tea like multiple like bottles per day because I thought it was gonna help me lose fat. And I hated green tea, so I'd like <laughs> chug it. I just think about it and I'm like, God, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah, but um. Yeah, no. Uh, so, and it, it, like, it reminds me too of, dude, Pinterest is probably the worst with like gimmicky fat loss things. Worse than Instagram, worse than anywhere I've ever seen. Like the amount of ads I see on Pinterest for like stupid like ab belts and like weight loss pills and shit like that is just insane. I saw this one yesterday that was like, um, it was the same guy, but like a before and after kind of picture. And it was like calisthenics and strength training. So calisthenics being body weight only. And the calisthenics one, he was like shredded. And the strength training, he was like very average. And I'm like, first of all, you're the same human. So like, what did you like take these two pictures? Like, did you do a year of calisthenics, take a picture, and then a year of strength training, take a picture? Like, how can you even justify this before and after? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, because you just... Got a pump, flex, and sprayed yourself with like a, a spray bottle, and then you just sat there relaxed after like eating a meal. <laughs> For, but on top of that, like neither of those training modalities are going to get you more ripped than the other at all. It's like the diet that's going to do that anyway. Just totally. so fucking stupid. But, um, or like the, this last one I'll stay, but I've seen a ton of these of like how to build your butt, and it's like the ultimate uh, glute band circuit to build your glutes. And you look at the picture and I'm like, 
lady, you were 100% born with a huge ass. Like, you did yeah. not build that in the gym, which is great. That's awesome for you. It's genetically there. You were blessed by the glute gods. I have nothing wrong with that. But don't sit here and try to sell your booty band circuit training exercise and act like that's the key to it. Like, no. Absolutely. Diet, hip thrusts, deadlifts, and a couple booty band exercises consistently for years will build you a huge butt. And I've, I've helped women do that. I've seen transformations of my own clients that have built their butts, and it works. But that shit drives me crazy because I'm like, come on. <clears throat> yeah, recently I've been seeing, like, these, like, high-technology ab belts. Like, yeah. they, like, there's technology in not in the belt, but there's like a mechanism on the front of it. Yeah. Almost looks like a freaking thermometer in the house or something. Yeah. Or like a, a thermostat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like on top of the belt. I was like, what the fuck? Turn the temperature up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burn the fat away. Oh my God. Yeah, this shit is just ridiculous. There's like fat loss cream and shit. It's just it's stupid. Um, so my recommendation is probably not going to be a popular one for, for you. <laughs> Honestly, like it's a time thing. Like, let's be real here. Like, having a baby is one of the most amazing processes a human body can make, period. And obviously, only women can do it. But it's literally, you're growing a fucking human. So when we talk about the hormonal changes that happen during that time, and the fact that afterwards, not only was like during the the pregnancy, this baby is like sucking all your calories and nutrients from you because it's trying to grow and thrive. Then you breastfeed it and it continues to suck all your nutrients for you. So you have to be really careful about getting enough vitamins and minerals in your diet because they're literally trying to take them all from you. But it definitely makes fat loss harder post-pregnancy because your body went through a ton of hormonal changes. Like people think about birth control. They get off years of birth control and it and it gives them some complications with trying to lose fat afterwards because there are some hormonal effects that happen after taking birth control for years. Fuck, what do you think happens when you have a baby in your stomach for almost a year? Like it's the same exact I mean it's, it's different, completely different, but the 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 dr- the drastic changes that you'll see are are equal, yeah. right? In 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 size, I guess you could say. Um or an influence, but it's definitely going to be harder and it's going to take more time. So I think like, I would, I would ask this person, how long were those cuts that you went through? Because I've seen a lot of people where they're like, I I, I cut for 12 weeks and I just didn't get there. And if you look at the before and after, it's like, damn, you lost a good amount of weight in that 12 weeks. It's just that you want to be like so flat stomach lean that it's going to take you 24 weeks, like realistically. And a lot of times people don't make it that long, which is why a lot of times when I work with people who do want to get that lean or remove that much fat, like we have a conversation at the very front end of like, hey, this is going to require discipline and a lot of time. So I would plan for your diet to be a year long. And I, people don't like to hear that, but it's like, you're not going to be in a deficit from day one to day 365. Don't worry about that. But we're going to diet straight for hard for eight weeks. Then we're going to take a two to four week period off and then we're going to diet again for eight weeks and then another two to four week period off um, or we can take week long periods of diet breaks throughout the year planning them on specific days for, for holidays stuff like that but it's just a time thing I mean plain and simple so um, fat loss is going to come off like fat is going to be burned or lost off your body um, individually dependent so where I lose fat first is going to be different than the next person usually it's never where you want it to, to, to be lost either unfortunately like I know for me my arms always stay pretty lean but when I start like dieting and getting lean my quads get like shredded before I even like see more abs which is annoying because I'm I, I don't like short shorts is it so genetic? it's like yeah I think it's it's genetic where your body fat places fat and it's it, I think it's I believe it's a little bit like um ancestral or like uh I mean you think about what the, genetics isn't it 
Well, genetics is more of like based on my family, mm. right? So my genetics and your genetics are the same, but ancestrally speaking, we're both men. So we should technically have the same exact genealogy from an ancestral perspective. And when I say that, I mean more of like the human body as a man is supposed to fight, pillage, you know, like farm, do that kind of shit, right? So my limbs need to be muscular and lean, right? So usually guys lose weight there first. The stomach is where all of our precious organs are. So it's going to actually keep more fat there for as long as it can. Because if I get attacked or something, I guess like that's where I would die the easiest. That's <laughs> yeah. like, that's the the paleolithic like idea, idea. And it's also why like they say women might store, and it makes sense, store more fat around their hips and thighs. Right? Because that's where their reproductive organs are. And without their reproductive organs, we do not survive as a species. So it makes sense why they would have more fat storage there to create cushion to avoid dying or like killing off offspring, you know, or survival. Yeah. Um, but again, like I don't give a shit if my quads are lean. I don't show them to anybody. I want to be, have a ripped core. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it's going to lose. Sometimes it's not preferable. Yeah. And this is why it's important to do measurements. It's important to do pictures because you know, I have clients that are like, I'm not getting leaner. This is frustrating. I'm like, actually look at your upper back, look at your arms, look at your quads. Like, and they're like, I know, but I want to get rid of this tummy fat. And I'm like, okay, it all con- like, it's going to lose at, like in the places that it want your body wants, like physiologically speaking, it to lose first. We can't change that. So we just have to be patient. And this is where somebody could get through 12 weeks and get pretty damn lean, but they just have a little bit left on their stomach. It's like, okay, that's why we diet for 24 weeks because what it took you to lose 20 pounds, by the time you lose that 20 pounds, it's going to take you just as long, if not longer, to lose five pounds. Yeah. Because the leaner you get, the harder it gets because your body doesn't want to be that lean. It's not comfortable for it. Um, Especially if you're relatively recent uh, behind pregnancy because that's when your body wants to be in its healthiest state. And body fat tissue is some of it, you know, too much is a negative thing, but some is actually healthy. It's how we produce some of the hormones and all those kind of things. It's how we store certain vitamins and minerals and nutrients. Um, so you're fighting against your body, but I would just say time. I mean, it really is just a time thing. Um, progressive overload is key. Uh, if you can add more volume, great. Cause you can build more muscle. Um, but you don't need to add like an ungodly amount, lift four or five days a week, do plenty of walking and low intensity cardio, get plenty of sleep, double down on all the, like, uh, <laughs> it sounds funny, but like the, the hippie ish, like nutrient stuff. Like, I mean, have your adaptogens and your teas and your green drinks and your, your be really on top of getting fruits and vegetables and those kind of things because um, those things will help in the long term for fat loss tremendously. It's why like flexible dieting is great and I believe in it, but I think most flexible dieters eat pretty like healthy and bro like 90% of the time. You know, mm-hmm. most of my meals are fucking like this morning was two whole eggs and egg whites with spinach, you know, and like a little cup of oatmeal very plain and just that's my breakfast you know then i have like yogurt and organic granola and then i have a banana before i lift today and then dinner's gonna be chicken rice and brussels sprouts like super bro and then on the weekend sports a little delicious bro i like it yeah i mean (laughs) not everybody yeah shannon cooks most of my meals so that's why i like it because my cushy yogurt no that's the only one i do and it's like yogurt in a bowl (laughs) granola yeah <laughs> make it easy but um yeah i mean it's time like i'm sorry to to give you that answer because i know that's f- fucking frustrating but find a good coach that can periodize things out um and, and help you for a year-long process and really show you what that looks like and, and really guarantee to get you to that result <clears throat> uh, and if you want to apply for coaching you can click the link in the description of the podcast there you go i love it that's cool. two yeah you're getting good at that yeah wah, wah. All yeah, right, I'm cool. waiting to push that one, but I feel like that one's actually... I've, like, listened to the questions, and I've looked at the wah, 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 but 
It's kind of actually that would have been perfect when I said like my answer is not going to be a popular one, yeah. you know. But sometimes I look at Dude, it. It's like, got to be perfect. I don't want to be I rude don't. by pushing it. Yeah, but I kind of want to be because that's almost like Our the podcast. only way you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't take any sound effects seriously on this podcast. Let's just put that disclaimer out here. We got one more here coming from Leak Fastenhoot. Whoa. It says, if I. If I'd really like to do a four-day program in your training app, the Taylor Trainer, but I can only train for three days, would would I be able to do it in this structure? Week one, do day one, two, and three, and week two, do day four, back to one, two, etc. Um, so. Simple answer for anybody who has the app. Yes, you can. You have to go into your calendar and physically edit the days that it falls on. Um, I create the programs a very specific way. So the default setting is always going to allow you to choose what days of the week you train. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. Um, But if it's a four-day split, it's always designed to fit into a seven-day calendar. That's why we have a three-day split. Um, which is full body. Now, if you're like, I really like doing upper lower splits, but I, I want to be able to do it three days a week for a certain period of time, you have to edit your calendar, which you do have the control to do. It takes a little bit of work, um, but I mean, you can knock it out in five minutes. It's not anything crazy, but I would suggest doing it on your computer because it's just easier to like edit the, I mean, it's, Interface. Yeah, it's faster to edit your calendar on a desktop than it is the app because um, you just have a bigger screen. But yeah, you can absolutely do it. Um, and this is where like there's there's going to be like we're doing a lot of strategizing. So I'm going to kind of give teasers throughout the year. Um, I say year throughout the several months. I mean, it really just depends on how long it takes to roll out some changes and develop some stuff because I have really big plans with Taylor Trainer. And anybody who is um, already in the Taylor Trainer, when those changes happen, you are going to get rewarded for that um, in one way or another. So I highly encourage you to get used, like sign up, get used to the app now, get used to my programming now. So when the changes happen, you're just already indoctrinated in and it's going to be that much better. Um, and you're going to get the, the insider scoop and everything because you're already a member. Um, you can do that. Head over to tailoredtrainerapp.com. You can check all that out and, and learn more about the app and what you'll find inside and hear me kind of break things down. But um, I also want to just provide some context in general. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing, uh, adjusting your program in that way in any regards, whether you're in the Taylor Trainer or not. So the there's a micro cycle and then there's a, a calendar week. A micro cycle is your training week. A calendar week is seven days. It's Sunday to Saturday, right? Seven days of a week and a micro cycle is just... However many days you train. Yeah. So my microcycle right now is technically four days. I just spread it out across a seven-day calendar week. But I could spread it out across two weeks. I could spread it out across five days. So I could go upper, lower, upper, lower, rest. And it's just five days. And then after that rest day, I start day one again. Right? You can take a upper, lower program like, like they're just explaining here and spread it out between two weeks. So you go like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But Week one is is upper, lower, upper. Week two is lower, upper, lower. You know what I mean? And you're just rotating it through. Um, I've done it to where you can do push, pull, legs, rest. And it, it, your microcycle is eight days. So you go push, pull, legs, rest, push, pull, legs, rest. So you your rest days change every week. I don't like that just because, like, I did that before and I loved it. And it's a great program. But I did it at a time where I could, I like, I didn't have the responsibilities I have today. So I literally could revolve everything around training if I wanted to. And that's what I did for every day. Um, but you can do that, that in so many different ways. You know what I mean? You can, I, I know people that I've done, I've done 14 day 
microcycles. So it's like uh, you can go – actually, Jeff Nippert came out with a program that was like this, and this is the first time I've seen this one, and it was it was cool how he did it. I don't, I don't personally like this setup only because I think it was a very intelligent way to, to set this kind of program up. I don't like it because it's too – uh, little specificity to me, but it's a power building program. And it goes, um, I think it was four days full body, like power lifts. So just like bench squat, deadlift day one, maybe like bench split squat, RDL day two, like just big compound lifts, few exercises going heavy. And then week two was six days in a row, push pull legs, mm. bodybuilding. So you're like going powerlifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting, bodybuilding. But one micro cycle is technically two weeks because we go full body, full body, full body, full body, push pull legs, push pull legs. Then you go into the next micro cycle. But it's a 14 day period that you go through that. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But I think the cool thing about this is when you understand how these things work, you can dissect programming and really get crazy creative with how you go about things. Um, I always re recommend doing what you did here by asking the person who wrote the program before you do it, because they'll give you like the best advice on how to do it. In this case, like I said, I would go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever, three days, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever works for you. Um, and go upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, lower, going through it like that. Just make sure you edit it in the, in your calendar. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is where, too, you can add, like, uh, you can start kind of getting creative with specialization cycles and stuff like that if you're getting into programming. Um, and this is where, like, this is really, like, what excites me about programming. This is why I've been so um, adamant about trying to develop new things to the app and, and bringing people in to help us do so because, in my mind, I, I want it to be, uh, like, I really want people to have a more control and it to be truly, like, a choose-your-own-adventure and, like, be able to manipulate it, you know, to where it's, like, almost some, like, AI involved in it right where it's like uh if i go into it and maybe i have this goal and i have this experience level and i want my microcycle to be 10 days long and i want to have a little bit of this a little bit of that. how does like it configure to create something for you or how do we create enough plans to where it knows what to give you based on the questions asked and stuff like that yeah. um because that's what like that's what makes programming exciting is when you really start getting creative and you look at it like a fucking art totally you know and that's why like we were talking earlier like that's why i love creating training content because yeah. there's just so many ways you can spin it and talk about it you yeah. know um love it man yeah so stay tuned for all that because um big big things coming for the app um it's something that i'm very very passionate about growing over the next however many years and building into the best app there is absolutely period. so um yeah that's a wrap guys Excited, man thank you for listening uh, as always leave us a five-star rating review on spotify and itunes if you love this podcast share it with a friend and also post it on your instagram story tagging myself at cody mcbroom and tailored coaching method at tailored coaching method and last but not least check out our sponsor at www.firstform.com slash tailored coaching method it's always funny when i do www <laughs> um check out their supplements uh that's what we use for myself my family the team our clients our members everything now they have so much to choose from and the best customer service in the game. So once again, firstform.com slash method. We'll catch you guys next time.